up, y'all? This is Bon Creek. We listen to Outspoken on KYRS. Okay. Welcome back. You are listening to Outspoken on KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane. That's 88.1 and 92. Point three FM. If you have just joined us, uh, we just said our goodbyes to Carol Earhart, the co-chair mm-hmm. of the Inland Northwest LGBT Center, and now it's into maybe a little brighter subject in the second. Yeah, not so gloomy. Not so gloomy. And uh, in just a second, we'll bring him on. I do want to give credit where credit is due. You just listened to Jessica Lang, her version of Life on Mars, which of course famous Bowie, David Bowie song, which was uh, featured on American Horror Story. Um, recently, mm-hmm. so that's who that was. So much fun, but now comes the fun part. Now is the fun part. Yeah, it's your we, long-awaited conversation. It is. We are going to be joined by Brian Rosenberg, uh, him and his partner, his husband, I should say, Ferd Van Gameren. And then I know Brian will tell me how I mispronounced his name. Um, <laughs> they run a website that aims to normalize the experience of gay parenting by sharing stories, news, advice, and in-depth reporting on topics of interest to gay dads. So we do want to welcome Brian Rosenberg to Outspoken. Brian, you're on the air. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. I appreciate the invitation. We and love... actually got my husband's name perfect. Oh, wow. Oh, okay, that's, that's, the first. Like, that's the first time I've ever, ever. pronounced anybody's name. <laughs> it took me like three months. <laughs> and once you got it, you figured with all that effort, you had to marry him. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you are joining us uh, from Canada, is that right? That is true. I'm in Toronto. Awesome. Well, welcome from Toronto. You know, we just want to start out by saying your website, which is gayswithkids.com, correct? Yes, it is. It started, This did it launch this past year? Yes, it launched uh, officially on June 4th. Wonderful. Uh, We just want to start out with when you and your husband got together and... What was the story that that you felt there's this need that we need to be a part of? What Mm -hmm. started this website? Sure. So we actually had celebrated our 21st anniversary this past June, but we became first-time dads about five and a half years ago. At the time, we were living in New York City, Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm from Boston, first from Holland, so we weren't near either of our families. We found out, uh, we adopted our eldest son, Levi, at birth. We found out about him two days after he was born. Um, and we said, oh, my gosh, we need to figure out what to do. So we went to, you know, the big box retailers. Uh-huh. And, yeah, you know, if yeah. I saw one more label or sign that said, four moms, buy moms, <laughs> maybe we love buy moms, mommy tested, mommy approved. Right. <laughs> I just felt like that was not talking to me. And so, you know, was I even supposed to look at those products? Was that somehow, were they something different? So I came on home in our apartment and we went online and we looked to connect with dads. Quite frankly, at that point, we were looking to connect with dads, let alone gay dads, and there was right. nothing out there. And uh, we said, we, we really got to create this community. We can't be the only ones out there that, uh, that you know, want to find out what it's like for dads to become, da- you know, for us to be dads and to right. become dads. Right. Um, yeah, but yeah. quite frankly, right after Levi was born, we had, a week before that, we had started our process uh, journey with surrogacy for our twins, and they were born 17 months later. Wow. and. We were just sort of inundated with diapers and baby bottles for the next few years. And um, we finally had time to, to, to think about, again, you know, the, the concept of being able to connect with other gay dads uh, right. about a year right. and a half ago. And, and to our surprise, there was still nothing out there. 
Yeah, because you talk about, I mean, that there are challenges specific to same-sex couples who have, you know, chosen to adopt children. Um, and this is your way. Not only does this website have, uh, you know, tips and things from other gay parents, but you also focus on stories to talk about. It's We're all over the world now. We're all having children, yeah. and we can learn from each other. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. See, I'm, I'm interested in... So this website is up, and it's—I mean, it's—it's it's a resource for gay dads out there. And we, a lot of the times, after you know, marriage has been legalized, we don't realize that there are still struggles left. So what—what what are some of the bigger hurdles that you know you didn't foresee uh, becoming a gay parent? What I mean, the whole mommy side uh, of of raising a child. What's what's another um, struggle in a very maternal parenting world? Sure. So there are a few. I mean, so this the legal aspect because you know, depending on how what journey you take, some things may not be legal for mm-hmm. you. So for adoption, um, you know, if you live in a state that didn't allow uh, same-sex marriage or same-sex couples to adopt, you'd have to you have to be knowledgeable about that. Uh, but you know, other things too, more the psychosocial. I came out in a really big way 22 years ago, and I thought mm-hmm. that was it. I'm done. And I'll tell you, as a gay dad living, I mean, I live in Toronto, but, you know, we're the only gay family in our neighborhood. As far as we've seen, we're the only um, gay dads in our entire school. Mm-hmm. And so it's like wherever we go, it's almost like we're coming out every single day of our lives. So we meet the kids' teachers, when we take them to the the first visits to the pediatrician, to the, you know, we, I was at a birthday party or, excuse me, a Halloween party a couple of days ago with my son. And, again, I'm just, you're always coming out. And so you think you're done with that for many, many years ago. And, actually, mm-hmm. you know, you, you really have to be very comfortable about who you are and what your life is like um, because you're going to have to explain it again and again and again. And sure. what has been, since you started it, not really that long ago, what has been you all's most rewarding thing so far since you've started this website? Great. So I would say two things. Number one is all the responses that we're getting from gay dads from all over. And whether, you know, it's a 25-year-old gay dad who was struggling um, with living an authentic life, was married to a woman, and really that's not what he wanted to do, um, and he just needed to connect with other guys going through the similar process, or people who say, you know, I, I know I'm not the only one out there. I, I kind of mm. knew I couldn't be the only one out there, but right. I, where I live, there are no other gay dads, and so it feels so great to be able to connect virtually and to see all these stories of other gay dads. So just from, you know, we get emails or Facebook messages or tweets um, at least, you know, a couple times a week just thanking us for portraying our families in such a positive light. And then the mm-hmm. second thing that I really was not expecting at all is we've gotten several emails or Facebook messages from moms who have said um, one had a 15-year-old and the other had a 16-year-old, uh, and they both said, wow, thank you so much. Our son recently came out to us, and mm-hmm. we had no idea what his life could look like, or he had no idea what his mm-hmm. life could look wow. like, or thank you for helping to paint a picture of what his life may look like and you know you've really done a great service for us and so i didn't even think of that as a consequence and so i'm you know we're delighted and really touched by that see and i think that's amazing and and i have to say that i think um the whole website's great but what i love 
about the Thank website you. is you also do stories, stories yes. on real people. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, while you're with us, we're going to bring one of the stories you had on um, the website that I read. And yeah, like I'm a I'm a crier. Yeah. I did it. <laughs> yeah. So I cried. Well, Quite we have inspiring story, right? very inspiring yeah. story. And, you know, we're very happy and lucky that we have um, we have Michael Chappelle and his son, Daniel Raymond Chappelle, in the studio. Um, if you could please just stay with us on the line as well and um, kind of bring you on a Absolutely. panel here. And we uh, definitely want to start talking to him. So, Michael, thank you so much for being with us in Spokane and bringing your son. If you hear the laughter, that's what's going on. See, yeah. we, make, we make happy in the studio. <laughs> but thank you for coming. Thank you. Definitely. We want to talk a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, for those people that aren't running to the website now that we've told them, um, tell us about your story. Can you tell us about how you became a father? And it's quite an inspiring story. Sure. I uh, was. Uh, uh, I work in real estate, and there is a child in a foster home in one of the developments I was working in, and I became introduced to him. And uh, in time, shortly after that, I took a trip and started reading a journal that I had been writing for a year, which I started writing after I lost my younger brother. And uh, it was while I was in the Caribbean uh, reading that journal and uh, contemplating uh, my upbringing. I wanted to know if I could uh, legally adopt a child. And I came back to Spokane, and I went straight to his case manager and said, this is who I am. This is what I have to offer. If you have a better home, that's really what I want. That's amazing. Because mm-hmm. you were really connected uh, to Daniel, it says in the article, from like right when you, you met him, although at that point you weren't thinking you were going to be a dad by any means, but you did feel a connection uh, with with Daniel. <laughs> And you're you're having to be a dad right now, which I have to say for everyone, uh, that's where Brian was talking about that earlier. Yeah. Not only are you a parent and kids take all your time, but reaching out and finding other parents to connect with you, who has time for that? Right. No one. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael, at the same time, you're a single father, or you were when the article was out. I'm a single um, parent. Yeah. So that is all in its own its own kind of challenge. Yes. Um, yeah. Again, we're all a lot more alike than we are different. I keep right. going back to that. But, um, you know, when you take your son to the doctor and they ask where his mother is, or <laughs> if you're an advocate at the school and they, you know, want to, they think that, you know, they need to teach you. Yes. Um, and that it's not an open communication between the two. So Well, and assumptions are made not only because if they don't know uh, you're a gay man, they assume there's a mother somewhere, a wife waiting. Right. But at the same time, they there's this, like Brian had mentioned earlier, there's this constant coming out. Uh, you have to come out to doctors. You have to come out to teachers. You have to. You're from Spokane. Have you found uh, your son is 12, 13? 12. 12, see, I did research. It's amazing. Um, so you've been at this a while. You've been a dad a while. Do you still th- still feel that there's still challenges constantly? Um, as a parent, there are constant challenges. And it doesn't matter that you're gay. It matters that you're a parent. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And a single parent on top, which has other things. So it's like you almost take the sexuality out of it. But, I mean, it's. did you have a resource like, you know... Um, Brian and Ferd just launched that this year, 
What were the resources when you first became a parent that, you know, that you had to, where did you find your support? Um, I, I was scared and, um, I guess naive. And I just went to the case manager and said, is this possible? Is this legal? And then I was, then I looked for my, my, uh, the people that were going to, uh, walk me through that process and sure. and that is you know being part of the community already knowing who I was already knowing who mm -hmm. I am I had that uh, safety net around me and that safety net became the safety net for Daniel right exactly and it's a community now um, Brian is it this you were mentioning even for you with this website that it is it's about building those connections and building that community that's yours because they understand what you're going through. When you see these stories on your site, you even meet some of these people. Is that, does it still amaze you? Oh, my God, yeah. Every week, I mean, from, you know, Michael's story on, every week we've got new stories mm -hmm. on that really just uh, – uh, inspires most come to mind, you know, from the couple that have foster adopted 13 kids, all deemed unadoptable for one reason or another, who are now, you know, all living sort of successful lives, um, to guys who, like I said, married and to a woman for many years and finally got the courage to, to transition to live what they call it, their authentic lives. And I mean, there's just so many inspiring stories yeah there really there really are and and my question is uh how how do you find these stories i mean do they reach out to you do you uh go to foster homes and you ask for people with these stories how how do you find stories for uh for us to see that you can share it all different ways uh mm. sometimes some of our writers know the story so in, in michael's case we were lucky enough that one of our one of our better best writers, Erica, lives in the area, and um, I think Michael, you had actually met her, or she knew the person who covered you. I guess, and there's another story a few years back. Um, and then other times, people come to us, and you know, I'm online all the time and researching to see, you know, who I think would be for make mm -hmm. for a really good, inspiring story. Um, and uh, so a lot of it comes that way. What are, what are your goals for the future of Gays with Kids? I just, you know, I want to make sure that really, again, that no gay dad, regardless of where he lives, feels isolated or alone or disconnected from a larger gay dad community, that he realizes that there are other that there are other uh, people like him that he can reach out to, he can connect with, um, et cetera. So that's our biggest thing is is we really want to make sure that everybody knows that they're not alone. And secondly, we really want to normalize the gay family experience. And and I say that, I mean, you know, the first group I want to normalize it for are people like my friends. Uh, Ferd and I were the first amongst our you know, closest group of friends to become dads. Since then, several others have as well. But at the time, people just couldn't relate, you know, we were in our 40s, and people couldn't relate uh, of our, at our age thinking that if you're a gay man, well, you're automatically not going to be a dad unless you became a dad 20 years earlier the old-fashioned mm -hmm. way. Right. And so we wanted to show gay men who thought 
that, you know, there was something in their lives that they felt was missing or that they thought could make their lives more fulfilling. And as parents, we wanted to make sure that they understood that it was possible and hear the different journeys you have. And then also to help normalize our field experiences for the rest of the world so that right. you know, yeah. dads yeah. can feel comfortable wherever they live. I think that's amazing. Now, I have a, a question for both uh, Michael and you, so I'm going to start with Michael. Uh, in your adoption process, so long ago, I know, a lot has changed in Washington. How difficult was it? Was there any stumbling block with uh, your sexuality when you were uh, adopting? Um, let me clarify. Um, there isn't a legal adoption in this case. It's like long-term guardianship. Gotcha. Um, and that has to do with because of his medical um, mm -hmm. needs. But it is legal to adopt. Um, this is just the route we went. Sure. Um, and we, I went through, found out that it was legal. That was the main thing was to find out what could I do, what couldn't I do, and then I could advocate <laughs> from that standpoint. There were some obstacles because there were some biases in the beginning. But having found out what the boundaries were, I wanted to advocate as much for um, the people that have been able to bring my life and my rights out to where they are today. I, I thought there's going to be other children like Daniel that need a home. And if I don't step up like people have before me, then that next child isn't going to have a home. Exactly. And I'm going to come back to you because you mentioned a thing I want to uh, touch base on really quick. But, Brian, as you guys, with a website that's all over the world and you guys get pictures sent in from all over the world, do you hear stories of other places that aren't like Washington that um, we do have, you know, laws here that are, are more LGBT friendly? Do you hear stories of people having trouble in other areas? So, so you mean within the states or within the world? The world. States, uh, world. Yeah, all sure. Over. I mean, you know... Uh, Got a story from a gay man who lives in, believe it or not, in of all places in Uganda, and he's oh, wow. gone on and told me some of his stories. And so we we do get stories from people who've had, you know, who live in places where things are a lot more difficult. We're working right now on a story that takes place in China um, with a, with gay dad families, and the way that they're creating their families is really. Wow, something that I wouldn't want to have to do, um, and you know we'll be telling that story soon enough. Um, and then there are people in the states, you know, depending on where they live, uh, who come across, you know, bigotry or laws that don't protect us, uh, et cetera, that have uh, difficult journeys because of that. Mm -hmm. And they have a place, um, you know, online now, case with kids where they can tell the stories where we can learn for each other. I will say I'm thankful that we live in the state we do here. Um, Michael, some of the things that I love that you mentioned, it seems to be a theme throughout your, your interview today, which is great, which is you try to say, listen, it's not a gay dad thing. It's a dad thing. It's a parent thing. It's trouble. And you mentioned, I, in reading the article, you even say, listen, it's the same thing. Kids are our lives. And you talk about how it's not always easy for you to, to find care because of course it needs to be specific care. Um, and to have you know, the social, but you, I mean, you do it, uh, all the way, but that's just a struggle. You, as a dad, this is what you go through. Um, <laughs> he's like, yes, yeah. <laughs> I concur. Yeah. <laughs> I, we have a great community here in Spokane. We have, um, you know, it's a small town, but we still have, um, a lot of activities and social, um, 
awareness and you can we're fortunate right here yeah we really are mm-hmm. do you find the attention that you've been i mean you have articles on you now you're on our, our amazingly huge show. So do you find the attention um, disconcerting at all, or how do you feel about that? Um, it can be awkward at times. Sure. But um, I have just this um, great life that I never planned. And um, looking at where my son was when I met him and not knowing where that road was going to go. I had somebody ask me the other night, Friday night, we we went to Madeline's downtown yeah. for live music. It was the last um, live music event. And somebody asked me, you know, is there something that we can, you know, do you have an account somewhere, somewhere we can help you? And I was like, um, it's, it isn't like that. We're, we're in a really good place. Right. And again, I don't know what I would ask for. We just have right. mm-hmm. a, a social network. We have a safety net. Um, and um, it's it's the last 10 years is the best chapter of my life. And that's amazing. And I have to say one of the things that I find amazing is watching a parent with their child, especially when the interaction is good. And I'll tell you, we've heard a lot of laughter in the background. And it's it's there's nothing better than right, that. Yeah, and to see yeah. good parents because, you know, as you stated earlier – uh, there are many kids out there who need good homes. And so, you know, to all those states who haven't figured it out yet, um, there are some amazing parents who want to be parents. And so I think that that part is amazing. Um, to speak t- to you, sir, Brian, uh, I have to say that I think this is a resource that I'm amazed at 2014 there wasn't one. Um, that, you know, we had to put together our social networks and our support, you know, for so long. And now it took us this long. And finally, you know, you step up and you do that. Are you shocked by that at all? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought for sure that when we came back, you know, a year ago, a year and a half ago, it's okay, let's investigate, let's find out what's going on, that there would be, you know, numerous, numerous resources available. And, um, when I saw the war, I said, "Okay, it's time to stop talking about it and just to go ahead and do it." And uh, I've been loving it. It's great. I, I left my my full time job uh, in June as well to come on board full time, and it's just a labor of love, and it's just awesome. Every new gay dad I meet or gay dad story I read about it really inspires me to go mm-hmm. on to the next one. Now, if you could give advice as 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 a dad, we'll ask you and we'll also ask Michael. Um, is there advice you would give or is it just like it would take a book? <laughs> it would take a book. I think the thing that I the two things that I generally say when I give unsolicited advice, which I want to do, uh, is one is accept help. If you've got people who are offering you assistance and support and these are people you trust, you love you know, uh, accept it. So many people think, oh, no, it's important to show that I can do it. I know what's going on. No, absolutely not. The first thing I do is accept help. And the second thing is sort of a part of that, which is, you know, Hillary Clinton said it well, and Beth, and she said it takes a village. And Michael's spoken to that, too, and it really, really does. So it's important to, to build your village as soon as quickly as you can. 
Right. And I think mm-hmm. it's important to tell people, you know, some of us are, are lucky enough to live in a place where we can have our social network together. We can have our support. But what's great is for those people out there who are listening that maybe don't, maybe they're thinking about having children or maybe they already have children, that there's also this online, that they can go to gayswithkids.com and they can find a community and help build it if they don't already have that going on in their lives. So it's a great resource. Thank you. Yes, no, thank you. And then before we wrap up here, I actually I want to ask you the same thing, Michael. Now you've been a, a dad for so long. What has been your greatest lesson in being a dad, and what would you say to someone who wants to be be a father? Um, our greatest lesson is that uh, we just take and appreciate every day that we have. Um, there were no guarantees that we would have a family, be a family, or in our case with Daniel, how long that is going to last. So we take every day as a blessing. And, uh, and well, that's the, and then any advice, uh, someone who wants to be a dad, is there anything you would say to them? They're, they're not a dad yet, and they're looking to adopt or have a child. Um, find your resources. Um, draw close to your resources whether that's your family or your neighbors and uh create that family and be prepared for anything yeah. for sure kids are always going to throw throw something on you i want to uh thank you michael so much for coming in and sharing with us on this sunday morning um and for putting up with figuring out how radio is so it's i think it's amazing and i love that there are people in spokane like you and so you're very inspirational but i have to tell everybody go to the website and read the article about uh michael and uh the story of his his adoption and with daniel raymond Chappelle as well because um you know i can't speak so much for what a, what a a hard loss that is but uh so thankful that such a beautiful gift has come from that so we thank you for being on brian thank you so much for joining outspoken this morning for telling us about the website we are going to spread the word um, because I plan on having 8,000 children one day. So, <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And I want to thank Michael as well. And I'm sorry I'm not there in person to be able to meet you and five to be in your own person, but thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Everyone have a wonderful day. We're going to continue here on Outspoken on KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 for the rest of the hour. Thank you to our guests in the studio today. We're going to uh, take a quick break. Um, and then Sergey and I will come back and wrap up a little about our check-in that we didn't get mm-hmm. to really, really finish a lot. Yeah, so. we didn't get to talk too much about that. But we are going to play another one of uh, Bette Midler's songs on her new album, It's the Girls. And the song is One Fine Day.